But I think once you quit hearing sir and ma'am, the rest is soon to follow. Oh, it's the tide. It's the dismal tide. like the tides they rise and they fall with time yet both always come something else that always comes this week the dismal tide oh, i'm yeah. your new host joe bond uh unfortunately this week uh mike has uh taken a home alone 2 scenario and got himself lost in the streets of new york to only to be guided by a rich billionaire by the name of michael bloomberg i would follow bloomberg I'd follow Bloomberg to the end of the uh, the earth, and of course, my name. Oh no, you best! I thought I thought you were going to pretend to be my, me, and I was oh. going to be Mike. Oh, I thought we were just taking the positions. Oh man, we blew that bit. Oh well. Either really way, blew. welcome back to the dismal tide, everyone. Uh, Joe, I'm glad you read that poem. I sent it to you. Um, what I was going to do this week is say hello, and then I was going to read you a haiku with the tide in it, and I, so I sent him that, and uh, Joe blew the bit. But I don't know, longtime friends of the show. You remember Joe. Joe, say hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, last time we spoke, I was a poor college student, and uh, now I'm a poor adult in the adult world. He's a poor adult in the adult world who can't talk quite loud enough because his parents are still home, which is very funny to me. <laughs> My parents are still home and asleep currently, so it's going to be very interesting. Uh, no, nah, it's all right. I'll try not to uh, shout or scream or caterwaul at all. Oh, uh, okay. Well, um, I mean, if you do, I just shrug at them. Mike, unfortunately, is he's he's not going to be joining us this week. He's he's on the toilet. He's he's on the other side of this wall. I can see like where the bathroom is. It's on the other side of the wall. But he's just he's he's pooping. He's pooping real bad. Um, nothing to be done about it. You know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. And he's he's gotta go. He's gotta go so bad. <laughs> but his dedication. He's he's reading the sports section of the New York Times. Yeah, he's knocking on the wall and he's telling me to say something. I don't know what he's ah whatever you know. When he's done, he can come in. Sounds he, like, can, yeah. he can fix it. Uh, you may remember Joe. Joe is our, uh, well, worn many hats here at the Dismal Tide. You were at one point our intern, uh, sports yes. online intern, and you rolled over to Dismal Tide. He is our first, actually, That's the, this is the big crowning achievement. You are our first two-time guest. Cool. Joe was on the April 9th episode of, yeah, how do you, we'll have to get you like a, like a badge or a pin or something. I'm going to just take something off Mike's desk because I'm still in here. What can I send you? Do you want this book that he has under his table? It's called Being Nixon, A Man Divided by Evan Thomas. Uh, Being an English teacher, I will always take a book. Okay. So I'm going to send you Being Nixon. Uh, You're going to love it. It's about Nixon. It's good. He's good, I I think. I can't wait. Can't wait to uh, own a dog and then make a political speech about how how could I give up a dog for my children? Oh God, the the checkers speech. I can't oh, re- checkers. Yeah, everybody like will bring that up constantly. He really just changed the entire country, didn't he? The people will bring up the checkers speech when it comes to like somebody <sighs> trying to like make right a problem they did during a a campaign, and they cut Watergate changed the way we talk about anybody getting in trouble about anything forever. Yeah, we everyone has to end uh, any sort of scandal with the word gate now. 
And now, because of Donald worse. Trump, we're going to get fast food at every uh, sports team's winning, like visiting the White House trip. You know, we're going to get fast yeah, food. It's all going to be Popeye's gonna get, chicken. We're going to get that. Uh, can someone actually tweet at me? Um, car, uh, I'm currently at Garmin Bosia with three A's. But can someone tell me what a nothing burger is? That has become a part of speech, and I still don't understand it. A nothing burger is just nothing. There's no, it's not an actual burger. No, no, no. But is it like a? I don't know how to use it in a sentence. It was not think, created by somebody with any sort of grasp on the English language. The only way that I would use it, and I wouldn't use it because it's stupid, would be like <laughs> if I were explaining how bad a team lost or something. It was like they put up a big fat nothing burger. Oh, okay. Just like didn't even show up. Just an absolute zero. A nothing burger. A goose egg. But don't we already have the word drubbing for something like that? Yeah, there's drumming. There's uh, is it drumming or no? It's drubbing. You're right. Drubbing. Blew the doors off. All that sort of stuff. There's so we don't need more. I agree. We're good. Like, We're full. Most people use like 300 words. Anyway, do we need another word that means the same thing as a different word? Indubitably, we do. <laughs> Undeniably, of course we do. Certainly. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're not here to talk linguistics. Oh, Joe's keeping the show on the rails. Hell yeah. I'm trying to. uh, So we're going to have a a wrestling show. We're going to try and keep the back half wrestling, or probably the back two-thirds, and we're going to talk. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying uh, I know football, um, basketball is there. Basketball is there. Hockey is going to be my blind spot. Well. I don't talk about hockey either. The only actual show stuff I have in here are, I believe, we have two football things and two basketball things. And the basketball thing relates to what we were texting about. I'll read you this tweet. Cool. Can't I'll wait. read you this tweet from Mike Mike Vorkanov, at Mike, V-O-R-K-U-N-O-V, if you want to give him a follow. He tweeted on December 13th, oh my god, it's going to be Star Wars night in Sacramento tonight. The, the Knicks will play on a Star Wars night three straight games in three different cities. What are the odds? And he responded to his own tweet on December 15th, two days later, said, you're not going to believe this. It is Star Wars night in Denver. That's four straight games for the Knicks. All four games of this West Coast trip have been Star Wars nights. What are the odds? My reaction is that only a true Star Wars fan would care enough to figure that out to follow enough of the Knicks out of anything to be like, they're playing a Star Wars game. And then they didn't just focus on the fact that the Knicks probably then lost three out of the four games on the road trip. And so they're like, but they played in Star Wars games. I, I'm looking at this guy. He's a, he's a Knicks reporter. So if you want somebody paying uh, attention, it'd be him. Um, okay. But I just looked that up. I think, and I like, I just looked at it and I laughed. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, I've been thinking about it for the last three days. Cause it's just like, imagine going to work every day for a week and it was Halloween or something. And everybody's just <laughs> wearing costumes the whole time. And it's just like how bad it would suck. And then you just add in that fucking star Wars m- music and every nine year old is doing a Chewbacca impression and all the Leia buns and just every night. Yeah. But like, is there at least some sort of intrinsic benefit or extrinsic benefit of like, like, do you get to wear, like, a sick jersey with, like, a lightsaber on it instead of an eye for, like, the Knicks or something? So we talked about this a while back. Um, I don't know if you listened to the episode where we went through the uh, NHL shop, like, the official apparel shop. Oh, yeah. And they had yes, all the I Star did. Wars-themed stuff, like the Force uh, Awakens with the Devils and shit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what I think happened here is that each one of these teams on the next West Coast trip went, 
fuck, cool. it's the Knicks. Nobody's going to come out. We need to have a gimmick night. <laughs> that might be the more insulting thing. Not the fact that they have to do it, but the fact that the team's management went, oh, we got to have a gimmick for this. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Can we do Game of Thrones night again? Fine, Star Wars. <laughs> It'll be out in December. Let's do Star Wars night. Like, whatever. We got to try and get an extra thousand people in here buying hot dogs. I like the society that we live in where they go, oh, we need a Star Wars night rather than just like a Santa night where like Santa just shows up ringside, courtside, either way. Uh, does the NBA play on Christmas or the day after Christmas? They play on Christmas. Uh, the Sixers, I believe, play the Bucks on Christmas. Oh, thank God. I need something to watch. Uh, do you do you watch basketball? What are you watching lately? Uh, I have been watching nothing but The Mandalorian. But as far as sports count... Uh, I watch football every Sunday at my local dive bar where there's approximately uh, uh-huh. zero people in their 20s. Um, where do you go? I go to Terrace Tavern. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And just, just to be clear with our listeners here, um, I, I, Mike is gone and the rules are off. I'm vaping on, on show. Mike doesn't let me smoke weed on the show. I'm smoking weed. I'm fucking cracking wise. I'm hanging loose. And I want all the <laughs> listeners to as well. I'm buttoning the top button of those pants. Relax a little bit. All right? We're gonna just, take, a, just take the pants right off. Take the pants right off. Uh, if you're in a place where you can do so. I don't want you doing you know, and if you're not, something. And if you're not, just like act like you didn't notice that they were taken off. But either in any scenario, I want that top button undone. I want you to just breathe. Oh, 100%. This is like the easy listening podcast. Yeah, we're going to do some ASMR for you. Um, speaking of listening, I'm going to play a little, a little clip for you. And a lot of you might've heard it hard to say who actually hears anything that we talk about on the show before we talk about it on the show. I'd actually be very interested in that. Uh, this is a clip of Nets announcer, Richard Jefferson talking about, um, uh, hard to say exactly what he's talking about, but I'll give you a listen. Here we go. Wow. Glaber's ordering something. You want him to get you anything, Richard? Nachos, please. Whiskey soda. <laughs> you got that, Lesnar? Are we still allowed to drink on the air? Um, still? Still. <clears throat> Richard would have been a superb broadcaster in the 50s. Given the I don't know if I would have been allowed to be a broadcaster in the 50s. I don't think you should joke about that. Okay. People may think you're serious. A Valentine blast. Inside a foul... That's that's just the, an example of the kind of fun that we're having out there doing live uh, live NBA broadcasts. I just hearing the uncomfortableness in whoever broadcast, who, whichever broadcaster said, uh, "Still," where he was like, "Are we allowed to talk about this right now?" Was incredible. I I'm going to take off the Brendan hat real quick. I'm going to put on my Mike hat. I'm going to say <laughs> um, this this conversation is purely the result of of the Nets hiring somebody who, who you might consider interesting or funny to do their broadcast, but mm. him juxtaposed with the other 95% of announcers who are the most boring, vanilla people of all time. And as soon mm-hmm. as they're those people who, as soon as you say something even remotely like interesting or like, you know, just meant, meant to get a reaction, mm-hmm. uh, they just go, Oh, I don't, I don't know about this guy over here. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back and do, do my work. That, that sounds like at, uh, at the school that I teach at, which I'm not going to re- reveal the location of on this podcast. Uh, I always make the joke that whenever I have like a bad day, I walk into a different teacher's classroom and I go, is it too late to get a face tattoo and move to the woods? And every time she looks 
slightly more and more concerned the more often I say it. And then I proceed to just walk back out of the classroom like nothing even happened before she could even react to it. Just a group of those people who just go, like, you're crazy. Yeah, they're like, this guy over here is fucking crazy. Yeah, they're like, Joe's in his 20s and he, like, has tattoos. He's crazy. This, that Joe, you don't ever know what he's going to say next. And I don't know if we should be putting him on air. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm a loose cannon. I will just start giving away trade secrets. These are the risks we uh, we take with the dismal tide, though. We don't mind we don't mind uh, hanging it on the line, especially for uh, for a close friend. mentioned the mandalorian though earlier and uh, i'll tell you right now this is the kind of this is the kind of like dad's not home talk that we're gonna get away with this week because mike would not let i cannot wait would not let star wars talk uh talk fly how did so i'm completely caught up on the mandalorian i believe are you i'm i'm also caught up how do you feel there's apparently an episode coming out tonight uh i have been yeah because it's supposed to come out for they didn't want it to compete with rise coming out on friday Ah, okay. Cool. I was I'll told this by by the biggest Star Wars nerd in my school. Um, he's, Thanks, kid. He, yeah. Now he's uh, he's in the he's the math teacher, and he he's in oh. the five hundred first Legion. Like he's like made his own costume and like goes to charity events with it. And he was just like, no, 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 no. The schedule has been altered because the movie comes out on Friday. And I was like, oh, it's good to know. From my point of view, the schedule must change. <laughs> Now, how do you feel about the Mandalorian? I love it because I do have the personality of a uh, crotchety old man, so I love a good western, and I think this to be just a very good western. I liked the first three a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were a lot of fun. Uh, you know, going, getting Baby Yoda, saving Baby, all that shit. A lot yeah. of fun. I feel like like the uh, the Firefly style it has taken on lately in the last couple of weeks has been just like, I don't know, it's a little much for me. I'd like to feel like there is some overarching story plot to an entire season. And these last few, uh, it feel a little hapless. Like, hey, we're we're on a new planet. We're saving new people. Let's fucking go, baby. Yeah, he's, but I don't think he has a plan, and I think that's the point that he is stuck doing this because he has no he doesn't seem to have any sort of end game to this he's just like hopping around hoping to find somebody who won't try and make him take off his mask and then uh he can settle down and raise a small small baby yoda uh so the some of the internet theories that i've seen are that uh the baby yoda's do, uh, doing some force control on him He's just like, you know, every time he picks him up, he's kind of just like influencing his mind. I've seen some of that. Mm. 
Um, I've seen little baby Yoda's a, a clone of actual Yoda. Okay. A little baby clone. Uh, baby Cloda. I don't know. <laughs> Cloda. That would be that'd be baby Cloda. I I'm so tired of clones. Like I just just give me like if he is an unknown, this child is an unknown. Like yeah, sure, use the force, but like don't make it have to be so. It doesn't have to be directly. Yoda, yeah. yeah, doesn't have to be like. And you know what? It's just a random Yoda like child. Um, have you seen the uh, the female Yoda, for lack of a better? Because I don't know what her, I don't remember her name. But did you see the one that that popped up in like episode? I don't know, Phantom Phantom Menace or the one after maybe Attack of the Clones that was on the Jedi Council. Did you see how stupid that fucking thing was? <laughs> I do not recall because I refused to watch the first two. Uh, I'm starting. But with three. you said you t- you were watching episode three before I skyped you today, so you'll watch those yes. two. But you you won't watch those two. But you'll watch Rise of the Sith or whatever. Yes, and uh, that is because. Uh, I'm going to get very local on this podcast. Still going to air my grievances with your brother. Um, oh, this is my brother that did this to you. Do you not remember? Yeah. Go ahead. Ten. It was about 10 years ago. <laughs> Everyone was collectively rewatching Star Wars because that is what our friend group does. And right. uh, so I had sat through The Phantom Menace. I had sat through The Clone Wars. And I believe we watched it not chronologically but like in production wise so we had already watched four or five and six so i sat through those two and i was like okay i haven't seen this one yet i'll finally get to see it and close the loop and then i didn't get to close the loop because they watched it without telling me at either your house or matt's house down the street and then nobody else they were always like oh yeah that was cool to, to watch them all close together and i was like oh that's that's nice guys thank you Wait, so they watched like the third one like beforehand at a different time, and then there's like one and two, let's go, or they went yeah. one two, and then you guys all left and parted ways, and then they watched three separately. No, it was like it was like, um, we watched like one a week, and then they just we used to watch them all together at uh, Rachel's house down the street, and then one week they just went, what if we just watched it ahead of time, and then we showed up to Rachel's and did something different, <laughs> and and their response was. Oh, we didn't think you'd want to drive out here to watch this. And I was like, you left me with one movie. <laughs> You've done this to me. I have to watch this on my own now. So because of that, you don't watch one and two anymore. Yeah, no. I mean, one and two are just lost causes to begin with. Okay. When's the last time you texted my brother, though? Um, I'm I trying to say that he shouldn't have this much sway on your life anymore. I want you to watch those movies, Joe. I want you to no, enjoy no, no. those films. No, no, I'm not going to. Who enjoys the first two of the prequels? Sadists. I, I will uh, say when I was a kid, I didn't think two was that bad, and then I haven't seen two, that one in like 10 or 11 years now, so I don't know. Two, I'm not going back two to Two is it. not bad. I, from what I can recall, two is not bad if you only view it as an action movie. As like a sci-fi standalone action movie, you're like, this is great. It's got Ewan McGregor, Christopher Lee. What is not to love? Um, that's at least what I can recall of it. But I think I have to check my phone now to check see when was the last time i spoke to your brother it was the sunday after thanksgiving oh yeah yeah don't let this man control your life he's a little shit he fucking sucks you haven't talked to him since december 1st i want you to watch the phantom menace tonight joe after we're done with this this podcast i want you to flick that movie on how do you feel about the uh the new three i 
don't mind them, but that's because I look at things as if it's not something I like, I'm just not going to invest time in it. Whereas people will hate watch things just to just to be a part of it. I like definitely so hate cool. watch things as well. Not to like be a part of stuff. Like I don't need to be part of the the uh, Amazon Jack Ryan fan community, but I hate watch that because it's propaganda and it's very funny. Is it? I, is that the one with Jim propaganda. from The Office? Yeah. Oh. It's it's hard propaganda. It's how, just how do you like make they, that guy? Do you remember that scene from uh, from like Newsroom? That the viral scene where he's like, when you're talking about what's America so great, what are you fucking talking about, Yosemite? It's when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Um, he has like a very similar sort of like, hey, let's talk about where the, the real problem in dangerous countries in the world are. In like somewhere like 10 minutes into the first episode, and mm -hmm. it's like him teaching, I think it's a class of like rookie CIA agents. And, and basically he's just like, so it's so just like you watch this news clip that I just showed you. Who, who would you assume are the biggest uh, problems in the world? Who are the most dangerous countries in the world? And like somebody's like, North Korea, uh, Russia, China. And it's like this, this, this. And he's like, well, what if I told you that this country produces more oil and this country produces more weapons or some shit like that. And it's like, what country does both of those things? It's like, Venezuela. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. It's like, fucking stop. Oh. It's like, you're right. Venezuela yeah. is certainly more dangerous. And it's like, now this country is a rogue state, and they've lost control of their government. And you just want to look at the TV, and you're just like, yeah, I fucking wonder why. I wonder if we helped a little bit. Is it? It's just that, uh, oh, man, what was that show? Mitchell and Webb. Where they're just like, are we the bad guys? <laughs> yeah, we certainly. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't. Like we're there. Everyone's just draped in skulls and flags. Are we the bad people? Finally, oh, good lord. Yeah, everybody has to. Oh, oh the cops dress like the Punisher now. Yeah, even though the Punisher kills cops, they're like, no, no, no. But he's our hero. We're. I'm like, the Punisher now. I'm reclaiming it. <laughs> reclaiming it. I am also like totally fine with the new three. Um, oh, I don't know about the third one. Um, but most it's because I can just like I have a pretty easy like I'm easy to please. It's not that tough to just like. This is why I also like the Marvel movies. I'm just so easy to mm. please. Just like show me some visually pleasing stuff. It has some. Uh, give me Spider Man. I'll root for him. Give me the. You know, I'm just easy to please. So I'll watch these movies and go like, Wow, it looks like a lot of people spent a lot of hard work and a lot of time. Um, yeah. making this film and it was kind of fun now like, like I'm very prone to like looking back on things and going like yeah right I don't know why I fucking like that like my entire like West Wing uh, era of my life and just I've always wanted to watch the West Wing but it seems like one of those shows that like I can't watch just because like there's something in my head that just goes you don't you don't want to like like it's like Frasier like it just sits on my Netflix queue <laughs> And I'm just like, I should watch this. It seems like this was an important show. And then it's like, yeah, it was important 30 years ago. Joe, you watch the Eric Andre show. Will any of this relate to that? No. No, no. will not. Um, the West Wing, as far as like like TV dramas go, it was fine. But as far as its politics go, it's clearly Aaron Sorkin's done a lot of damage to our public discourse. And that is the worst of it. Has he? The way the Democrats like, like operate. Is over the last like probably since it was definitely after Clinton. I think that show started in like two thousand two or two thousand three. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but after Clinton, it was like the real where. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was after Bush because they could not get over the fact that Bush would like lie about stuff. Mainstream mm. Democrats back then were just very just like, and he's lying. He's lying. It's like, everybody knows he's lying. We all know he's fucking lying. Like we get it. But they didn't. So they this big civility politics and just like what you need to do is you need to be the bold leader up front. The way Obama ran his campaign, he's like I. I say the right thing. I'm a nice guy. I try and help everyone. And just like this politics of civility, like cooler heads will prevail. Somebody smarter will rise up and step step to the occasion. And don't worry, this will be taken care of because there are adults in the room. And just like you uh, fucking lied and you made people – you didn't make – Aaron Sorkin didn't make anybody do anything. Mm-hmm. But he like influenced people to argue and speak and fight in a very certain like – way that just made Democrats look like pussies. Uh, yeah, I mean, intellectuals will never win. Like, no, like the average person does not care about your, your the word count in your speeches. They care if you seem like somebody who's going to help them. Like, even, even if it's like a total, like, lie. As long as you look like you're going to help somebody who doesn't have anything else, they will they will just blindly follow you. If they think you will save them a quarter on their taxes, they will hand you over thousands of dollars. Uh, yes, absolutely. We are a, a country of sheep, a nation of sheep. I don't know about you, but I've been uh, I, I've I, I think I've tweeted this once or twice. Just like this. Democratic primary is going to break my brain, and I already feel it breaking. I'm paying so much attention. Like, see, I've gone the I've gone the opposite way. I've just paid no attention. I know who I'm voting for. Who are you voting for? Uh, shut if up, you, Bernard. There you go. That's what I thought. That's why yeah. I felt comfortable asking. You knew you were in a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I know who I'm going to vote for, so I can just turn off. Like um, nobody there is going to sway my vote. Pete Buttigieg is like. A millennial robot. You have Tulsi Gabbard, who I I want to say is a human, but she doesn't seem like a Tulsi human. Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know. Part of me just like thinks she totally kicks ass, and there's something really cool about her. I don't know. She's not going to she, win. She's got no chance. But she like fucking kicks mud and mixes shit she, up, and I love that. She's too comfortable being on Sean Hannity's show. That's what I find. I don't care if if our people are going Fox News because honestly, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. As I've watched it, I have sat here and watched entire segments of it because that is the television. Channel what's her like body language TV. when she's on with Hannity? <sighs> like they go way back. Okay, no, I don't like. Like that. you're right. I wouldn't be surprised if she's there more or less to split votes than she is to do anything else. So like, there was like a theory that like. Mm-hmm. Um, she mixed it up with Hillary Clinton, and after that, she like spiked in the polls. And mm-hmm. the the easy way to look at that was just like, yeah, well, idiots like nobody likes nobody likes Hillary Clinton, so that's why she spiked. And the other way to look at that is Hillary Clinton did it on purpose because she's trying to further divide the Democratic Party. Yeah, uh, I just just watching her speak, I'm just like something about you just isn't isn't right. Um, but I feel like this is segueing into pro wrestling because all politics is, is pro wrestling. Uh, yeah. If every yeah, they just got to keep it as simple as like a wrestling like angry speech. 
like no basically my obsession with the because we're gonna get to wrestling in like two seconds mm-hmm. like right <laughs> after this but i want to finish my thought on the, the election yeah. i i am obsessed because because like i see such a clear and good option in bernie mm-hmm. that like yeah. i'm kind of obsessed with just like what are what's everybody else seeing like what is this why it's like what do you see in joe biden and what do you see I... in like I, I see something in Liz Warren. She's just not as good as Bernie. Yeah, exactly. Like I would be fine and content with like Elizabeth Warren. I would be fine and content with most of them, but it's like I don't see how they're your favorite. Yeah. Like you've got this guy who's been like touting these like policies for years. He's never really shifted a position on something. And then people are like, I don't know if he's like real though, but then you have like Joe Biden, who will just worm his way into anything, and people are like, "No, no, 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 that seems legitimate." Uh, yeah, and Pete Buttigieg is uh, a CIA agent. Like he worked at McKinsey. He helped. Like in my opinion, I'm sure he just like was either just tacitly endorsing, just signing off on all these fucking scandals he's involved in when he worked at McKinsey, like the 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 price fixing on bread, where Loblaws in Canada, a grocery store, basically mm-hmm. just, he he didn't. He wasn't like the front man on it, but he worked for the Loblaws case, and basically they were raising they raised the price on bread too too high, and basically had to just mail a fifteen dollar check to everybody in Canada because of it. They lost like a corruption case. That is the most Canadian thing in America. They would just go, "Well, then don't buy the bread if it's too expensive." Yeah, like, we have choice here. Yeah, but is Canada is Canada that bad? They've only got one bread. Uh, I don't know. Got, well, but like, no, because we have like food deserts here. We're just like we have the grocery store. That's the grocery store in our town. Like that's all that can be done about it. And if you worked at like if you're one of these fucks that works mm. at McKinsey and just like analyzes, just like listen, they have one grocery store and they need bread. Like we can charge whatever we want for bread, whatever we want. It would two bucks more on eggs. <laughs> They'll never notice. These fucking poor's will never notice. And they where where are they going to buy eggs? Where where are they going to fucking do it? What are they going to do? Get chickens? They're not. Just, yeah, they're not going to raise their. Yeah, no. The people with absolute contempt for just ordinary people and just see <sighs> everything as like an like an extra comma to potentially be gained in their bank account. That that is that's these people. Yeah, those are the people that if we ever have a revolution, those are the people that we need to like march out in the streets. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, kill all landlords. Malhead, right? Yeah, uh, landlords are, are just uh. It's just theft with extra steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I will say my landlord, my most recent landlord, was very chill. She was a it was a couple who their the property was their retirement, and they just like let us like smoke weed in the basement and like didn't really care as long as like they got their rent whenever and it wasn't like wild. They weren't turning a profit. Yeah, there's there's a way to be. I think that there's a way to be just like a normal good landlord because like you know there is a yeah, thing where like if somebody's not paying rent, something does have to happen. Yeah, but you know, uh, I, like, I was watching uh, the second most recent season of Shameless, season eight, and in that mm-hmm. season, uh, what's her name becomes a landlord. The main character becomes a landlord. And uh, she she just like ends up giving all these people eviction notices uh, after a week late on rent. It's like, all right, we may be pushing it too far the other direction. Like that is not a good landlord. A week late and you're kicking people out. Yeah, that's bad. Um, 
I'm trying like the thing is like I've started seeing like weird people becoming landlords. Like do you know the band Waves? They're like a punk band. Uh no. The front man is now like he's like he posts on Instagram about being a landlord and it's like that is the most unpunk thing you can do. Hannibal Burris was posting about like landlord rights a few weeks ago. Oh, like, actually rent control wouldn't work. Like, All right, man, let's relax. What we need is rent. It's like you're a landlord, you own like four buildings, stop. Yeah, when you nobody go, cares what you think. Yeah, like if you own like a property and you sell like sublet it or something out to your friend, like that's cool. But when you're like, I own this building, it's like mm, I don't want to listen to your opinion on something. Yeah, hey, uh, I hope you don't mind if I throw in my opinion. I cannot give an honest or objective one, and I have a hat. In, I have a horse in this fight. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, a like, hat in the race. Then I said a horse <laughs> in this fight. I have a horse in this race. A horse in this fight. I got a, I got a hat in this race. Just well, I don't understand why people can't just be cool with each other in 2019. <laughs> like, well, I'm just being like that. shit on. I'm gonna run but for Congress, like, and it's gonna be it's gonna be chill 2020. Yeah, like that's all we want. Yo, guys, we're just gonna fucking. Oh, oh we're gonna take a deep breath. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna chill. We're gonna relax. We're gonna crack wise. I'm gonna do the Hawaii hand, the the pinky and the thumb, and go like this. Yo, brah, chill, <laughs> like, relax. And, uh, White Claw and, and Bud Light are going to sponsor your uh, your campaign. Oh, White Claw is that he's in? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's the chill that's, ring. All right, yeah. listen, everyone, all the Dismal Titers, please listen to this song that we're about to play because Joe and I are going to talk wrestling on the other side of it. Ooh, can't wait. I hope it's one of my picks. They're only your picks today. Oh, I love it. Diehard wrestling fan, tell us a little bit about it and tell us what you watch. So I uh, spend most of my free weekends at various wrestling shows. I, uh, I mean, it's professional wrestling, but it's not like something that's filmed for TV most of the time. It's happening in like warehouses and garages and like bars. Um, I've seen, I've been anywhere from like the House of Independence in Asbury Park to like a random garage in the middle of Blackwood, New Jersey. And it's ranging from like, oh, like very professional, like things you would see on TV to two guys hitting each other with dildos with nails in them. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah. Uh, famously, we, uh, last time you came on the show and we, mm-hmm. we watched a video of a, what was it? She. I'm going to try and say the details. Tell me if I get anything wrong. It was she Priscilla just, like, Kelly. It was, it was the tampon incident, wasn't yes. it? 
that was all over wrestling Twitter at the time. There was this wrestler whose gimmick it is to like pull a tampon out of her tights, and uh, I believe she shoved it in the mouth of the guy. I think that was it, or like hit him with yeah. it. Yeah, I think she put it in her mouth, in, in yeah. the guy's mouth. He was like on a chair or something. Yeah, and it's just it's de-escalation. So if you're somebody who's listening to this, and you go from you're like, how do we get from Hulk Hogan to this? It's uh, Hulk Hogan was like 30 years ago. That was cutting edge. But now you have to do more to evoke a reaction out of the live crowd. And what better way to use to do that than by using biological warfare? Uh, so what have you seen? Uh, well, so uh, what are some of the, I guess, the wrestling leagues? Is that what they are? Are they leagues? What are they? Uh, companies. Companies. Yeah. What, are, what do you watch? Uh, GCW, which is the biggest independent company that isn't uh on television probably i will probably mm, yeah i'll say that that they're the most popular they have effectively given because of them people have tv contracts currently how do they relate to like wwe because i usually we do the show with mike who as we said is is still on the toilet um and he at least knows a precursory amount of wrestling so i feel like i have to ask some very very noob questions so it is do you mean like in size and scale yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I will say it's probably one percent the size of WWE, but they have enough sway through digital marketing, like being able to promote themselves online. That they have such a, they're known for bringing out the best of like the unknown, so that it's like anytime they have a show, you kind of don't want to miss it because there could be a guy who all of a sudden shows up on a show, and six months later he's going to be on TV. Because somebody watching, somebody from behind the scenes of a different of a television show, is watching these like events happening in bars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I watched them H two O, which is Deathmatch Wrestler Matt Tremont's company out of Williamstown, New Jersey. Um, I just go there because they are. It's probably one of my favorite environments. It's like a family. Everyone just knows each other. And everyone just hangs out and has a good time. You drink out of a backpack, call it a day. <laughs> That's the dream. I just want to. I just want to be able to, to not be hassled as I smuggle in booze to an arena somewhere and just drink quietly <sighs> and not cause a fuss, and then just leave. It's uh, it's it's the best. As long as you don't cause a fuss, they're just like do whatever you want, and then just don't make it weird, and then it's like you move on. Beautiful. Uh, what else? Uh, is that it? Like, uh, those are those are the two big ones because what happens is like different companies will run out the H two O arena, and I will usually go to those. Uh, I've also been to CZW regularly. Um, I think those are the big three for around okay. here, though. <laughs> um, and what have you seen, like more specifically in, in, since the last time you were on that? was super cool and cool. you do oh, you are in a twitter dm with mike and i that is just populated <laughs> by you posting honestly the most unsettling wrestling uh videos and clips that i can possibly imagine and me like watching it once or either once because i go like yeah i never need to see anything like that again or like <laughs> 30 times to just fully wrap my head around it um and so what have you seen this year that stands out um so Nick Gage is a guy who is a convicted felon. Um, he was in, I want to say, the prison in Camden, New Jersey for about six years. 
he was a wrestler beforehand and he came out just lean and like angry and he's just been like the best part of this year because it's like anytime he's at a show you just have this like he's reached this tier of like energy and charisma that is like unparalleled to anything i've ever seen he comes out to for whom the bell tolls by metallica and like the moment the bells hit the entire place will just start screaming bloody murder for him that's a good answer it's honestly too it's it's honestly probably better than any actual wrestling is just the like three minutes that it takes for him to get through the crowd <laughs> while everyone's just screaming at him if I were a wrestler, I wouldn't have anybody who's heard an introduction to this show. I wouldn't have the patience to go through the whole thing every time. Where it's like the bell tolls, and the bell tolls again, and the third bell tolls, and he's out there, and it's just like his arms are up, and he throws his coat aside, and whips his cape behind him, and yeah. just like saunter walks down. And even me explaining it was just like ten seconds, and that all, all that is like two and a half minutes. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he comes out with. Uh, Bandanas, bandanas over his face because he refers to himself as gang affiliated. Um, he has a usually a an old t- wrestling T-shirt on that he knows is going to be covered in his own blood within about ten minutes, um, and just camo shorts and just beats the crap out of everyone. What did he go to prison for? Uh, I believe it was armed robbery. <laughs> okay, okay. Is he? Yeah. Uh... Do you have any? Yeah. It only so he clearly doesn't have any white supremacist tattoos. Then, no, I don't believe so. Because I think that kind of ends his market value or increases it. Yeah. Who's to say? I would like to think that it would end it. Uh, the company that he's working for is uh, actually doing this really cool thing at WrestleMania weekend this year, where they are uh, running a show exclusively of people of color. And it's called For the Culture, which is like a cool little thing. So, and it's obviously like they wouldn't have had him as champion for the past 600 days if he was affiliated with anything like that. Yeah. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to uh, affirm. Uh, what else? Yes. You got anything else? I was going to ask you before uh, the show, like a top five things, but it's dumb to rank things. But just, I mean, you know, a few more. Just that. Just super Orange Cassidy. Orange it, Cassidy as a whole would be very hard to explain. Uh, Orange Cassidy is a wrestler. Um, his entire gimmick is that he doesn't really like to wrestle. He doesn't really like to do anything. He uh, walks out in a jean jacket and uh, jean joggers and aviator shades and proceeds to uh, mystify the crowd with how much he can do by not doing anything. Uh, it's very hard to explain. And he would be like the big Lebowski of like the... <clears throat> like the big old ask of like any of these shows where he just want, saunters out and everyone's like in awe and then he just falls on the ground and people are just cheering him on for it. I'm trying to think that would be number two. Number three would be, I caught a guy's beer at the most recent GCW show. So I was ringside. You tried and it? This guy came out. Uh, I didn't because it's a PBR and, uh, I may disappoint your audience, but I, I'm not a big PBR fan. Yeah, but you got to chug the beer. Well, he like he didn't toss it to me. He like got hit and it rolled over to me. And you just like caught so it, I like catching like produce up. falling out of your. Yeah, fridge. I was I was I was ringside, so I just grabbed it as it rolled near me, and then I just took okay. like a few sips, and then I, I held it mostly for him because I feel like I should be an adult at these things, and I felt like that was like the right thing to do because I'm like he's wrestling a whole match. He needs this more than I do. I sure I think as like a wrestler or performer I would just assume if it rolls off the ring like I it's over I have no claim to it that, 
that's that that's the thing where I was just like I had this weird anxiety where I'm like he's gonna like look at me after the match and be like why are you drinking my beer and I was like that's my PBR bro you owe me a dollar fifty yeah I just have no explanation for it other than being like I'm sorry sir and like handing him the empty can sorry um it's not mine actually it's been a lot of people were stepping on it it's kind of been all over the room it just kind of finished at my feet yeah um I got to chop a wrestler this year during a match you sent me video of that yeah um it was this wrestler's name's Ken Doan he was wrestling at the Beyond show in Asbury Park uh so he comes out and he's a bad guy and he is yelling at everyone you know like you're all inbred hicks from New Jersey, blah, blah, blah. And I am the largest person in the room, basically being like 6'5", 330 pounds. Um, when I yell something, you can tell where it's coming from very easily because I'm about a head above everyone else. So he's like looking at me and very he different yelled something. You and, I. And, he just, <laughs> and he just yelled something and I yelled something back. I don't even remember what I yelled, probably something along the lines of like, Saying like like I'll do that with your mom or something like that, and he comes out of the ring and he gets in my face, and I just no sold it because as he's talking to me, you what? one I knew he wasn't gonna huh you no sold I, oh I no sold it I didn't react to him like as he was expecting me to like flinch at him, and I couldn't because uh, one I knew he wasn't gonna hit me because I was yeah. head and shoulders above him, and well, two and he really can't be hitting people in the crowd. Exactly. I was like, I was like, you're not going to strike at me. Like, I'm kind of doing what you want. Like, I understand my role in the wrestler audience member relationship. Um, <laughs> you really picked so. the right audience member there. Did you just like <laughs> glare at him? Yeah. No, no I kind of just no sold it. Like, he got in my face and he's like, hit me, hit me. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders at him. And then as he's doing that, his opponent snuck up behind him and like locked his arms. And he goes, he goes, I got, he goes, and the guy goes, glasses, we got to stick together. And then I just hit him with like a classic, like Ric Flair chop, <laughs> which was like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, as you guys can tell, I overthink things a lot. And I, so wrestling is a uh, weird coexisting relationship. So when you watch it on TV, you don't think about it. But when you're in a small room of 200 people watching two people, they, play up the audience participation because it's very crucial that like the audience can maintain and like alter the pace depending on what they like. And so that's why like I understand like my role as an audience member is to just follow the flow of it and make sure like I like it's still like a good atmosphere for wrestling because I have been in front of crowds where they're dead silent and it is the saddest thing to watch two guys swinging at each other while people are just apathetically looking on. Okay, well, that's it makes you a good audience <laughs> member. That's why they picked the right one. Yeah. You also sent me a yeah. picture. It's going to be our episode art. I just got to go back and find it in our text messages of you flipping off a oh wrestler boy. ringside, just like a beautiful, professionally uh, done photo. That is uh, that is a great um, that is a great storyline happening in GCW right now. I'd recommend anybody to check it out between a wrestler named Ricky Shane Page and uh, the guy Nick Nick Gage. Uh, Nick Gage was champion for almost two whole years. And uh, Ricky Champagne, a different deathmatch wrestler, showed up in the company, uh, jumped Nick Gage after a deathmatch. So he had been bleeding, wrestled this whole match. This guy shows up and hits him with light tubes and takes the belt. And Ricky Champagne is internationally traveling constantly. He wrestles in the UK, in Japan, just on like a tour cycle. 
And um, <clears throat> the, the, the premise is that Nick Gage, being a convicted felon, cannot go to the places that Ricky Shane Page can go. So he's like, oh, come wrestle me here in Tokyo. Like, come on, I'll pay for your flight, knowing that Nick, Nick Gage can't, can't leave the United States. Um, and so at the most, yeah. And so at the most recent show is one of his henchmen faced Nick Gage. And, uh, I being the good audience member, I am spent most of the time screaming at him and flipping him off until I was exhausted personally by the end of the match. <laughs> he tuckered himself out. Yeah. By the end of the match, I couldn't even speak. I was just, my voice was blown out. Uh, yeah. It was also the same night of that. There's a gif from a GCW match where fans are just throwing the chairs of the entire place onto these three wrestlers in the ring. Okay, that's GCW as well? All right, because that was fantastic. Another one that, that yeah. filtered to my uh, to our DM. Just hundreds of chairs. <laughs> just like at the beginning of the last week's episode, the, the tetter, teddy bear toss of the minor league hockey game. This is much the same thing yeah. with chairs. Imagine that, but in a bar where people are just throwing the chairs i was uh i was ringside that's and one of those you don't want to be ringside for just like uh, i mean back of the head with folding chairs well i lucked out i had the stairs behind me so there was no one like standing there so i was just ringside but i was just picking up the chairs that missed the people and were throwing them back onto the pile so i was just exasperated exasperated yeah, the problem um, so just just for our our audience what are like so these are two like indie wrestling leagues. What's mm-hmm. do you sit ringside every uh, time? So is it like I, general admission? Like what's the deal? Tell us about like cost. How it works. How it, yeah. Um, so H2O is usually $25 for a front row seat. Um, that is, there's no barricade. Uh, if a wrestler says, get out of the way, you get out of the way. Otherwise somebody will be usually thrown at you. Um, <clears throat> and then at GCW, you for general admission, you just stand ringside, so it's like first come first serve. And usually, I get there pretty early because a lot of my friends work the shows. They're like the ring crew, so like I show up with them. Uh, so I get there pretty early, and I usually get to just stand next to the ring, despite being taller than most people. And some yeah, people don't so like mad. that. But you're like, what did you say, six five? Six five. I uh, man, I you're so fucking a, tall. I didn't even realize. <laughs> I actually met a guy that I'm now friends with and I've been following him on Twitter for a while. And he tweeted one day at the, the show that I was just talking about the beyond show in Asbury park. He said, if you can make eye contact with the second rope, you shouldn't be ringside. And I read it on my phone and I turned around and made eye contact with him and just waved. Fuck you, Joe. I don't appreciate that. As a, I, as a short man of I, America, we're going to build a coalition, coalition. This is a grassroots revolution happening with manlets, and we're coming for people like you. I just want you to know. <laughs> Look, um, in response to that, all I'm going to say is that it is a free market, and if you cared, you would uh, get not there. For long, free market, not for <laughs> not long, Joe. Free market, not for long. Not for long. I'm trying to think. So that is probably four things that I've enjoyed this year. Um, hmm. Trying to think of something else cool that well, we don't have to do. Five doesn't have to be in concrete. There, if you got four good ones, yeah. one if you won, like what are you doing to my show here, Joe? You you pulling it down? I don't know. <laughs> I, see, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This show has caught me off guard because I feel like we spent a while talking about Aaron Sorkin. Um, because Aaron Sorkin is just a strange, strange man. I feel like his house is just like Magneto Suite from the X Men, <laughs> like the plastic. Yeah, just because um, he likes it, though. Yeah, no, no, like that's just his. Like, yeah, it's not fan, prison. Like, his favorite style. No, yeah, it's just like this is what I dig. Yeah, um, 
It's, it's yeah, easier to see all the cocaine he does and all that clear plastic. <laughs> that that's why it would, it would like seep into the metal, but he gets like a special coating of plastic on top. Um, yeah, his yeah, entire no, house is just like... razor blades and clear plastic. <laughs> just every <laughs> every the only the only separation between him and a cocaine surface is just just having cocaine on him. Yeah. Oh man, I can't imagine what kind of life Aaron Sorkin leads. I'm uh, assuming it would be a lot of that. So I'm going to call an official Wait. end to the wrestling talk, but I did forget something. Uh, and last time this Wait, happened. Oh my God. That is what Aaron Sorkin looks like. Yeah. I've never seen him before. Very red faced. He's um, different. He's definitely an Epstein guy. Oh yeah. I could do that. I don't think he's in the flight logs, but God, I wouldn't be surprised. But you know I like what? I face. still stand by a few good men. I love a few good men. Uh, I don't know what that is, so I don't feel obligated to. It's his best film. Oh, it's the, uh, it's the... Sorkin is like as it... just a guy. More, oh, he, he he did Moneyball. Okay, he did so much. A uh, few good men. Um, West Wing, Studio sixty, Newsroom, mm-hmm. Moneyball, Steve Jobs, Social Network. He wrote it. The Social Network. Oh, he uh, also Molly's did. Game. Um, yeah, he's the he's the walk and talk. He's the, the yeah. snappy dialogue. But he was so influential. He, West yeah. Wing, West he, Wing ruined liberals, as I said earlier. Um, yeah. What I forgot, Joe. Mm-hmm. And last time I put it at the beginning of the show because I forgot. This time I'm mm-hmm. leaving it right here. Joe, Go can you it. describe what the Dismal Tide is? What are we about here? I guess he just it's like a postmodern in. sports podcast. I live, bitch. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Sorry, Joe. Oh. Uh, Mike just walked in. I'd really like for you to. Uh, really, just awful timing on your part. Uh, Joe, <laughs> can you explain once again what the dismal tide is? And we're going to pretend that Mike didn't just get off the toilet. As I, I feel like it is a postmodern sports podcast it's not just like a this is what's happening in sports it's like this is what's happening in sports but to such a niche degree that it's really showing you like it's not just sports it's what the people behind the sports are doing is that a crime watch shirt no it's not it's a Chapo shirt. he's not here don't talk to him i ran <laughs> over the bridge so i could be here in time i ran a half mile on four whiskeys <laughs> ran a half mile on four whiskeys that's the name of the episode now Oh, I love this. Um, unfortunately, though, Mike, <laughs> it is genuinely the end. We've been doing this for an hour. No, no, I wanted to get here for this party, man. I was planning on yelling, I live, bitch. You did. The whole way over the bridge. <laughs> you did it. You delivered your line. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were oh, yelling. Also, You're just talking loud enough to get picked up. Yeah. I'm just like, why is he shouting? He seems very I upset. I screaming. I just, wanna, I just don't have a microphone. I also skipped that uh, skipped that concert in Brooklyn that you guys were like telling me about how cool the Market Hotel is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good hotel. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good hotel. Yeah, I always stay at hotels when I'm in New York City. Yeah, it's uh, it was like the day of my staff party, and I just went. Um, I have to save money, and one of these things is two minutes away, and the other one is like a train, another train, maybe another train away. Probably so. Two trains, yeah. Three two trains. trains, yeah. All right. New Jersey Transit to Penn Station, and then you got to get somewhere where you can get on the M. Yeah, so it's a train to a train. Um, we're not going to bog it down in the personal anymore. We are at an hour. Actually, walk from Penn Station.
Herald Square. I don't know if I'm joking now. That's that's true. Well, uh, that's true, but I think you're doing a bit. Yeah. I think you're doing a bit. <laughs> I don't uh, know enough about New York Transit to. I'm ending the show. This is what I'm trying to do. Uh, Joe's described what Dismal Tide is. We talked for an hour. We talked about Star Wars for a long time. Really I finally got to talk. Mike Whalen's going to have something. If, if you both haven't donated the requisite amount to Bernie Sanders, you're not allowed to talk about Star Wars. Those are the rules. I've donated plenty to Bernie Sanders. True. I don't know what the requisite um, amount is, though. How much is that? I think he was... Initially, I think he said $27. Oh, I'm in. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, I have my student loan bill and my security deposit and my uh, first month rent all within the next three weeks. So, uh, so he's going to have to wait on that one. I've only donated 20 combined, so I'm not, uh, I'm not even allowed to talk about Star Wars. I think... I'm only in a position to describe the rules. Certainly more than 20, probably not 50. Close, though. Okay. The, the dismal tide is over. I'm okay. sorry, Mike. I'm glad I made it. I'm, I, this is why, Did I, you make it, though? If, yeah, I'm on the show. <laughs> Fuck, he if, is right. If I, if I didn't run, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it in time, and I wouldn't have gotten to do all this yelling. <laughs> Oh, oh, Mike! Wow. I, I forgot. Um, I did as as Joe's our first and only returning guest thus far. I uh, I told him that I was going to send him this copy of Being Nixon because I just said I'll send you something in the room off the bookshelf. Okay. So like, yeah, yeah, it's it's spoken for. Fair enough. All the books that are down there are the books that I've been meaning to get rid of. That in many cases I don't know why I have. Malcolm, two Malcolm Gladwell books. Yeah, those. You know what? Ooh. I'm gonna hold the microphone. You know not let him defend himself. <laughs> I found out. I found out he's like a cigarette lobbyist. Really? Like, yeah, he works for like Philip Morris or whatever. I like mean, a while he, there. He's like he's such a good smart guy for people who don't want to think hard about stuff, and which pretty much <laughs> describes a large part of my life. Yeah, I was listening. To, I, Here's I, the thing: if, I, if Bill Simmons is introducing you to like people who he thinks are really smart you should really think twice about that person. But at me, as a 21-year-old, you know, uh, uh, I'm just looking at, like, uh, uh, the tipping point or, like, outliers or whatever, being like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is exactly it. This guy, this is the smartest person alive. And meanwhile, I'm just, it's just yeah. me and Andy just smoking cigarettes inside. No girls are ever coming over to our apartment. <laughs> just like reading the story about ketchup being like can you believe that people just only care about ketchup because it looks like ketchup <laughs> oh jesus all right i will yeah, say I lost... now hold on because mm-hmm. i gotta i gotta put a hard end to this show we're gonna do this for another half an hour can 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 we can this continue to talk anti- to joe no, can the... oh oh we're still on like we are still but we're still recording o'clock. right now i have i have minds to mold tomorrow um. So, Joe, can you uh, plug your your social media and all that? Plug my social media. Uh, I am a public school teacher in New Jersey, uh, so my social media does not have any of my identifiers on. Wait, is yeah, your Twitter account uh, private? Yeah, I made I it private. Realized. My kids are monsters. Um, so it's Garmin Bosia, like the food from Twin Peaks, with three A's at the end of it. And then my Instagram spell that is for the, me. Oh Jesus, G A R M O N B O Z I A A A is okay. my handle, <laughs> uh, and then my Instagram handle is Haunter of Hill House. 
Um, and that is where you can find a lot of shots of me at pro wrestling shows being excited because I find them and then I giggle at them and then I post them. Uh, okay. Well, this has been the Dismal Tide. Mike, would you, uh, now that you're off the toilet, would you like to say goodbye officially? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, this is the first time I've ever been a guest on the show. Uh, and, and as soon I, I realized that I had a bunch of work to do and I asked Brendan if he would be okay with this. And I thought about the novelty factor of a show without me. And I, I thought that was too good to pass up. I thought it's funny that I'm not on the show. Diarrhea. You, I feel like you're going to become so frustrated with you not being, with you not being on it. It's going to be our most frustrated. popular show to date. You're going to hate it. You're going to still get those ad bucks. Don't worry about it. Go buy a mattress. The, the, the episode of Bryce is our most popular, as I, I, I believe. So is the, Joe, is the Joe bump real? We'll see. It's not a contest. It'd be no, nice. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make all my students download it for extra credit. <laughs> Good idea. That's that rules, actually. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm ending the recording. You don't have to hang up, though. Say goodbye, okay. Joe. Goodbye, everyone. slumber, but it's over. Hands are tied now. You shut me down. <laughs>